right, guys. Welcome to episode 22 of the Untitled Gaming Podcast. It's our Taylor Swift episode. Oh, my God. Yes? No, we're not feeling 22. I'm Zach. Joining me today is... Uh, Rick. Pat. And, uh, yeah, hi. I'm sorry. The Taylor Swift thing was so bad. I, I can't even continue, but it's okay. We'll just power through it. Uh, if this is your first time uh, tuning into the podcast, welcome. We're a weekly gaming podcast that uh, we try to entertain you as well as inform. Uh, we discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews and impressions, and we talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. We occasionally talk about movies, uh, TV shows. Favorite monarchs. <laughs> Favorite monarchs? Oh, God. <laughs> I like monarch butterflies. You totally stole mine. Yes! <laughs> no, actually, well, mine is more like the uh, character from Venture Brothers. Or, you know, Dr. Misses the Monarch. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, but all right. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Does it have to be real monarchs? Because I'd have to go with uh, Queen Cersei, first of her name. No. It has to be a real person. <laughs> Can it be like a duke? That's. Are they monarchs? No. <laughs> They're like in the line, right? I don't know. But they have Favorite a... member of royalty. How about that? Oh. Kate Middleton. <laughs> I'm a fan of, what's the new one? Um, the new who? The one that they just had. Harry's chick, right? Yeah. Oh, the Duchess of Sussex. Um, <laughs> no one knows her name. No, I know her name. Oh, God. She's on. She's on Suits. I never saw Suits. What? Oh, my God. I just know her from that. She played the delivery girl in Horrible Bosses. Yeah, she did. I know her name. It's killing me that I, I can't remember right now. It's something with a, a J, maybe. No, it's not. A? Like Megan Mark. Megan, Megan Mark. Mar- I was close. So. <laughs> no, you were not. <laughs> How many letters up? So, there's not even a J in her name. Like, J-K-M. she's beautiful. Though. Yeah, you're technically a couple <laughs> letters off, like, alphabetically. Like, no, she's beautiful, though, isn't she? Yeah, she's pretty hot. Yeah. I wonder how that's going to affect, like, Suits. I don't think they can even film the show anymore. I don't think anyone cares. (laughs) I don't even know if they still film the show. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a show until you just mentioned it. Yeah, do you even know what it's about? It's about Suits? No, okay. So me and Rick have never seen Suits, so let's come up with the plot of Suits right now. Yeah, come up with the plot of Suits, and then I'll see see how close you guys are. There is a tailor who loves his job, but he's always working. But he is also a spy. Ah. And he makes custom tailored suits for spies. Yep. And they, sometimes he joins them on the adventures. There's a couple like fun you know, guest uh, actors that show up that are certain spies. And yes. sometimes they don't always make it. And it's a little sad. Sometimes it's pretty funny. And Meghan Markle is his uh, handler who also is a workaholic. Like basically the sexy secretary. Yes. And then they fall in love. But she doesn't know that he's in on the spy business, so he has to sneak around. And <laughs> She's his handler, but she doesn't know. Yeah. Okay, all right, I like it. And then one day she finds a custom suit in her measurements, and she's like, how did he get my measurements? And that's where the plot picks up. <laughs> <laughs> but this suit is a spy suit. Yes. So she joins him. That's, this is season two, because that's the end of season one. Yes. It's a big cliffhanger. She mm-hmm. finds a suit of herself, uh, her own, yes. and like fire comes out of the sleeve or some shit. So, yeah, second season, she becomes his spy partner, but he's having a lot of issues, uh, wanting to keep her safe and yeah, not and knowing, they, like... They have a falling out, and she goes to the rival tailor. Who was also a spy for, like, the KGB. Yes. And rival spy. And then she finds out that this guy's a bad guy, and, um... And yeah. that's, the, that's the end of season two. two. And then season three, big double cross. She never... They never really had a falling out. She was double crossing... The, the KGB original guy. Taylor, yeah, just to get more information on the KGB guy. Yep, and that's that suits for you. I'm so happy you guys aren't in the entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty sweet. That, I was, that, show. that was fucking terrible. So the actual plot line of suits, which I'm not going to go into the by season. I'm Honestly, I don't want to know. I, I want to yeah, keep this I like going. Our idea better. So, <laughs> man, we should really write Seriously, more stuff. No, yeah. you Hollywood. Me and Pat. We should do a, a podcast where we give the story for famous shows yeah. that we've never seen. <laughs> Great British British Bake Off. All right. <laughs> you, you think it's about baking. But really, it's about MI5. Yes. Everything is just a spy thriller. 
All right, what are we talking about this week? I don't know. Besides I'm still, suits. I, I'm still, no, so suits, <laughs> what it is. I don't care, Zach. <laughs> so yeah, so this week we're going to be discussing um, uh, Sony being liars, and that's all we need to say about that. So sorry, Rick, it's just big a fuck Sony train here. Yeah, we don't give a fuck. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to talk about Xbox and how they um, plan to expand uh, the future of gaming through uh, different technologies. And then also Nintendo had their Direct. This week, so that's uh, the lot of news. headlines out of that. lots of headlines out of that. So uh, we're gonna go through those. But before we even do that, before we do what have we been playing? Rick has a prepared statement. Well, it's kind of very excited. To coincides with what I have been playing, and I finally rolled credits on Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, this morning. Actually, finally killed the Medusa. Oh, spoilers! All right, here is uh, the statement. I played Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I put a lot of hours and a lot of time into it, and it, I liked it. It was a good game. I do not feel it was game of the year, but in my Tuggies voting, in you know, retrospect, if I could go back, I'd put it at number two. Not agreeing with the Tuggies decision, but I, I guess like my my vote, you know, it, it's up there, so I guess it does deserve the Tuggy. I don't yes. feel it deserves game of the year, but as far as... You, know, but you can live with it being game of the year. Uh, the Tuggies. Okay. <laughs> so that is my statement. I just wanted to say right. that I, it was it was a fun game. I kind of want to go play Origins now. What else have you been playing? Um, as far as that goes, I'm excited to kind of get going on Hellblade now that Assassin's Creed Odyssey is over. Yes. As far as what I've been watching, I watched uh what um, said Velvet Buzzsaw. Uh, how's that? That was really good. It's uh, more of like an arty horror movie. On uh, Netflix, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. It was yeah, fun. The trailer uh, made it look really interesting, so I'm I'm excited to see it. Yeah, get uh, John Malkovich in there, of course, Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. uh, Tony Collette. Like it was, it's very good. I, I I found it quite enjoyable. I also finished the uh, book uh, Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman, um, and then I have the uh, TV series. I ordered that uh, on Amazon, so nice. I'm excited for that to come in. Check that out. Uh, so I've been playing. Uh, I did play a little Crackdown because that came out this Friday. Uh, I put. I'd say like two, two and a half hours into it. And so far, it's really not what I think it should be at. This is just my initial impression. I don't find it too fun. Uh, the The gameplay feels very dated. It feels like I'm playing Crackdown, but I don't think there's been enough like actual innovation in ga- gameplay since the last ones that have come out. And the story just is like super generic. Uh, there's an initial cutscene with... Um, uh terry cruz in it and after that he's basically just like he has a couple of voice lines but it's he's not like front and center which i think they should have gone with having someone like terry cruz in there but yeah so i will play some more of it i might give like my final impressions next week or whatever but that's where i've been playing i've also been playing apex which is super fun still uh i've seen i saw more stats that they released it's like beating Fortnite for like Twitch streamers. And yeah, it was like for the first time Fortnite dropped under like I want to say like five hundred thousand streams yeah. or whatever, like viewers on Twitch, like for the first time since like it uh, went over that threshold. It was the first time it dropped under. It was when Apex came out. So. Yeah, and I'm excited. They said that season one officially is going to be coming out in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have like a battle pass or whatever, just like Fortnite has. So yeah. I'm excited to see what else they're bringing to this game, and it is still super fun. So been playing that. Uh, I've also been playing Apex. Uh, that's basically, again, like all I did this week. Uh, I, I downloaded Crackdown, um, but since it just came out yesterday, I haven't had an opportunity to play it yet. Um, Metro Exodus also came out yesterday, so I still have to go pick that up. So this upcoming week, I'll be playing something other than Apex, but I'll probably go back into Apex and play that a lot. All right, so the first topic that we're going to be discussing is that developers and publishers are upset at Sony's lack of cross-play support for the PS4. So, for those of you who don't know what's happening, just a really quick recap. Um, earlier in the month, uh, the CEO of Hi-Rez, Stuart... How do you pronounce it? K- K- Chisholm? Chisholm? <laughs> <laughs> Stuart Copeland? <laughs> no, it's like C-H-I-S-A-M. And if I were to... Del- Chisholm. Huh? Chisholm. Chisholm. Right. Chisholm. Chisholm, I barely know him. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're gonna call him stewart chisam okay Chisam. Chisam. stewie c all right stewie c <laughs> asked sony publicly to include crossplay support in their games via twitter 
So he had like a thread on Twitter. He posted all the stuff. Say, hey, Sony, we want to do crossplay. And then not too long after those posts, uh, the Sony Interactive Entertainment chairman, Sean Layden, sat down with Game Informer for an interview. And in a nutshell, essentially said that Sony was open to crossplay, but publishers and developers just needed to take the necessary steps to get there. So he decided to – essentially he was like, we're open. The developers have to do it. Yeah. Like so, it's, it's a go from us. We yeah. just need them to cooperate with us. So trying to change the narrative that like Sony is always has always been up for it. It's just the developers that have been at fault, right? So naturally, developers were not pleased by that. Well, what was so, his actual statement here? So his actual statement was, is all it takes for publishers and developers who wish to uh, – is to wish to permission it. As ever, just work with your PlayStation account manager and they'll, they will walk you through the steps that we've learned through our partnership with Epic on how this works. I don't believe right now there is any gating factor on that. I think they're open to make proposals because the Fortnite thing works pretty well. So that was his statement from Game Inform- or with Game Informer. So now this is where it gets interesting and it gets really bad for Sony. Apologies, Rick. I don't care. All right. <laughs> so the CEO of Chucklefish, who's the publisher of the game Wargroove. Just came out for Xbox. PC and PS4 Switch. PS4 and Switch. And it has crossplay for Xbox. Xbox, PC, PC and, Switch, and Switch. But not for PS4. So he released a statement via thread from Reset Era. And he said, we made many requests for crossplay, both through our account manager and directly with higher ups, all the way up until release month. We were told in no uncertain terms that it was not going to happen. From our side, so speaking from the developer side, from Chucklefish, he's like, from our side, we can literally toggle a switch and have it working. (laughs) Of course, policy uh, work might be more complicated for Sony. Just wanted to provide some balance on the issue and say that it certainly isn't a question of developers having not contacting or having not contacted their account managers or having dropped the ball. We were told no. So yeah. Sony lied. <laughs> yeah, and just to like add a little context to this, uh, literally is like kind of in quotations. So it's not as easy as just flipping a switch, but it is pretty easy from what I understand. Yeah, because we know like a year ago when Fortnite Battle Royale first came out, mm-hmm. they had that functionality accidentally in quotations somebody saw a username for someone on ps4 that they're like this character literally cannot be in your psn name so how is this happening character in the game yeah and they tried finding that person on psn they couldn't find him they found him on xbox Xbox. that was a xbox gamer tag and then they like put it on twitter and epic's like whoops we accidentally had that functionality available like as like uh a thing to show that it is possible. Right. And then obviously they took it like that away. And then, you know, later on after like all this, like political red Rumble, tape and yeah. everything happened, then now, yes, you do have that ability to play mm. PS4 and Xbox. But so it is simpler than what they like Sony had said, like, Oh yeah, we learned all this working with Epic, but like it is literally simpler than that. Yeah. So, so, so moral of the story, Sony's a bunch of liars. They can't be trusted. Rick, thoughts, immediate reaction. Immediate reaction, um, so this really doesn't affect me at all. I really don't like playing online with too many people. And also, PlayStation has never, like, I've never seen PlayStation as an online uh, gaming system. More like, you know, what you see Xbox, you think of Halo, you think of Halo 2 matchmaking and all that shit. It's immediate association. Um, and yeah, you can play Call of Duty you know, for the PS4 against other people online, but really, I don't really see that pair well with the system i guess maybe some people do i remember socom for the ps2 and stuff like that yeah when you think of ps4 you think of those single player exclusives they have usually most any playstation system so far because even what xbox the original xbox can't call it xbox one um came out same time as ps2 and ps2 had what two controller ports it was mostly single player games uh the original xbox four controller ports uh online capabilities that were like standard um so yeah i You asked me for rapid fire thoughts and that's what I give you. I just, I find it weird that is, is there really a disconnect between like Sean Layden, like the, the head of PlayStation and then the, the lower level people who are actually implementing this? Cause he's, he's basically just saying, yeah, ask them and we will get it up and running, but they're apparently telling the developers, no, it's not going to happen. So is there a disconnect in like internal communication with Sony is not great or is Sony just trying to push off the blame thinking, you know, whatever, we're not going to allow it, but we're not going to say we're not going to allow it. I think I think Sony's trying to push the blame because they've never been about crossplay ever. It, it's just weird right. to me that they're doing everything right this gen. Like, you know, the PS4 is much easier to develop for. They got these partnerships with indie games and all this stuff. Yeah. 
the the PS4 is focused on gaming, right? And they, they don't but see like, like the writing on like, the wall. But like that's the thing; people. they're so focused on gaming, but they are hell bent. And granted, they're a company, obviously, so they want to be the best. But they're like, we are the best thing to use to play games. And if we allow crossplay, they're like, well, you don't need to have our system anymore to like do whatever. Not so necessarily. Like, I think. I mean, you can still have exclusives and stuff. But it's I think just the like, issue is with cross progression. They don't want you to buy. Like, if they open that up to cross-progression, like Fortnite, if you have one single Fortnite account over every platform, Sony thinks people, instead of buying game or buying DLC and stuff on the PSN account, you you could buy it on the Xbox account right. and still have it on the Sony account. So their 30% cut is gone. So that's how they feel they're going to be losing money on this. Exactly. Yeah. So I understand that side of it, but allowing just cross-play is just allowing you to play with people on Xbox, not having content shift over. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, don't see what's wrong with that. I mean, it's just Sony being Sony. Like, is there really, anything, guess, is there really I mean, anything else to say? Like, I think their excuse for the longest time with the whole Fortnite thing was we don't want our users to be exposed to that wider thing. We want a, a smaller ecosystem where we can actually control their safety and, like, all this stuff. Like, bullshit excuse. Like, how is it really risking someone to allow them to play with someone on Xbox or PC or something. I mean, that, that's um, the thing that the whole thing's been bullshit. So like, yeah, it's it's weird to me that they won't just to like. I can understand the cross progression, but the cross play just seems like a, a gimme, you know? Like, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Hopefully, like that changes because now we do have uh, Fortnite is like you're able to do that. I think Rocket League is going to implement that soon. It's like next week. Yeah. Like this upcoming week, it's going to be active. So I'm actually able to play now with my friends that are on PC. Yeah. Well, like Rocket League, you could always do so you uh, with so PC. You, you, could do, not you could with... do, but you had to be in a private party. I could like match make with them now. Oh, okay. So they're actually yeah. opening up the floodgates all the way. Okay. Yeah. So from what I understand, it's supposed to happen this upcoming week. Like I could always play with them, but we had to go into a private lobby. You could just play with just them. Just them in a server. Yeah. And that was it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so now it's actually allowing us to actually play online against other people together, which yeah. is exciting. Do you think maybe maybe not like this gen, but like next gen when you know, Destiny 3 or Division 3 or Anthem 2 comes out, is it a possibility like these major AAA games you will have? Like we will be able to play Anthem 2 with Rick on PS5, us on Xbox 2. Do you think that's a possibility? I hope so. Yeah, I really, I really would hope it would be. Yeah, if Sony gets their head out of their ass and actually yeah, embraces yeah. this, and uh, because like cause... I don't like because at the end of the day, like, I don't have a problem with anybody who buys an Xbox or a PlayStation or a Switch or whatever. I don't want them to have to be like you have to buy this other like four hundred five hundred dollar console to play with your friends. Yeah, like people just have like a preference, and that's fine. So I think Games. Sony will probably see that they might be losing money um, soon enough considering all these kids playing Fortnite on their iPads, you know, eventually will get their first gaming system and they want to play with everybody on Fortnite. Well, they can only play with PlayStation people on PlayStation and, right. you know, play with their friends on switch and Xbox and everything else. So I think uh, if Sony sees a, a hit, then they'll definitely open the floodgates as fast as possible. But yeah. until they see that hit, I just don't think they're really going to care. Yeah. I, I, I think there's bad a, press loss. That's what I was about to say. Like what surprises me is how, just stubborn stubborn they're being in the face of bad press yeah like i i personally can't believe it like i can understand if it's like oh it's difficult to implement because the way psn is set up but we know from the developers like, like that's not have, a hurdle that they right they're call. like we're ready to go yeah like, so it also looks i like it also looks really bad from the sense that you're sean Layden, whether he did it per uh uh, purposefully or inadvertently, he like damages the relationship with the developers. He just threw them all under the bus, basically. And it's like this is all down to the developers and publishers. This is on them. Yeah. And basically threw them all under the bus. So now, if you're one of those developers and publishers, you're like, well, fuck you guys, like for totally putting the blame on us. Well, we're gonna fight back now and push back, obviously, because it's not their fault. Yeah. But it's gonna be awkward going into like that next meeting or whatever. Like, what the fuck was that all about, Sean? But, yeah. And like, Wargroove is a smaller title. Chucklefish isn't like a major player in the right. the games industry. Like. You know, to the like comparing it to like Ubisoft or something like right. that. So if Ubisoft comes to Sony and like, hey, we want this for Division Two, mm. do you think Sony's going to cave on that because they're such a bigger company? Or yeah, for sure, I'm sure that'll make a difference because it's Ubisoft. Yeah, like huge company like that. Yeah, you'd almost have to cave. Yeah, I mean they did with Epic. So yeah, hopefully, so. hopefully soon we'll be able to play with our 
Sony brethren. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy playing by myself. So, so, so that's where I was gonna go with that, Rick. So, like, now if we are all able to play together, does the does the fuck you guys were Sony thing still stay there, or now are we a part of the same clan, as it were? Well, um, we don't know until that time comes. So, for all intents and purposes, still fuck y'all. We're the enemy right now. <laughs> I think this whatever. whole console war business is like bullshit. We need to unite against those fucking book readers. Right. We're fighting amongst ourselves. Yeah, exactly. We're the real enemy. Yeah. I, I mean, just I'm... told you how I finished the book this week, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> they're, they're like the White Walkers. Yeah, We're so in Westeros fighting amongst ourselves. They're coming. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even understand what the big deal is about books. I mean, I'm illiterate, so it's just like yeah, whatever. I mean, like, we know that. So. But no, seriously, books are great. <laughs> On behalf of book readers. Fuck y'all. <laughs> I don't just change kids. Although, although that being said, Sony I and book readers hate all y'all. Not slow news. Not slow news. All right. All right. So not slow news. So what it is, um, it's headlines that obviously during the week a lot of stuff is happening. And it's the topics that we're not like delving super deep into. So I'm just going to read the headline and our panel. So in this case, just Pat and Rick uh, get one sentence to give us like their impression on the headline. First headline. Um, Ultra rare Super Mario Bros. NES cartridge sold for over $100,000. Crazy the shit some people will pay for. Paper. <laughs> All right. I thought there was going to be more with that. <laughs> that was like a mad answer right there. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh good alright uh, Star Wars Episode 9 finishes filming J.J. Abram posts that photo can't wait to know the title I can't wait to know the ending of this trilogy God of War wins Game of the Year at the DICE Awards 2019 I mean we kind of saw that coming with the Game Awards but not the Tuggies <laughs> <laughs> that was more of a sentence fragment but alright <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, NASA declares the Mars rover opportunity dead, mission complete after 15 years. Guess that's the end of that opportunity. <laughs> that was not funny. <laughs> Rick's laughing. I'll say it did its job. It did a great job. I'm not too sad. It's a robot. <laughs> that rover did so much for space exploration. It really did, but it it's, it did its job. There's it another one up there. We got Curiosity yeah, up there, right? Curiosity is up didn't there. Didn't they only expect this to like work for like three months? Yeah. And then it ended up working for, for like, 15 years. Yeah. So they find a lot of juice out of the robot. Yeah. Uh, Square Enix announces new RPG, Onanaki. New JRPG. Cool. Yeah. I say, yeah, Square Enix is, you know, they, they're really good at those kinds of games. It really don't do much else. Uh, Halo boss Bonnie Ross joins the AIAS Hall of Fame. Cool. Well deserved. Good for him. It's a her. Good for them. Bonnie? How <laughs> <laughs> many guys do you know named Bonnie? I think I said Barney. Bonnie. Oh. Bonnie Ross. Yeah. I don't know. It could be his username. It could be a really weird guy with a weird username. Okay. But yeah, good for her. Hell uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. That was your not slowly. All righty. So our next topic. So Xbox announces plan to expand future gaming through technologies. So the head of the Global Gaming Partnerships and Development at Xbox and Microsoft, Sarah Bond, revealed what I think is like a bold vision for what they expect the future of gaming to be like. So she stated by 2030, they would expect 4 billion people will be gaming. Which yeah, I, because they're saying like the, the population is going to grow keep growing. and it's going to go from like 7 billion to 8 billion. And then she would expect the, the population of people gaming right now is 2 billion and she expects that to double. Yeah. To so, so half the population will be gaming. I think that's a bit bold. But. The population of people gaming will increase faster, faster than, the than the population of the earth, basically. Yeah. So 50% by that's projected by the year 2030 will be gamers. And that's partly because streaming will make it more right. readily available, things like that. They essentially they envision a world in which you can play any game with anyone on any device, which is, that's in line with their vision for the future. Yeah, and just to piggyback off that, so uh, during the Dice Summit, which is just like a developers you know conference and stuff like that, Amy Hennig and Tim Schafer had like kind of a roundtable discussion. If you don't know who Amy Hennig is, she w she's basically well known to be the uh, head writer and creative director for Uncharted's 1 through 3. After she left Naughty Dog in 2014, she went on to Visceral to do that Star Wars game codenamed Ragtag, but we all know what happened with that. She basically had that roundtable discussion where she was 
talking about like narratives and games streaming and then that accessibility to that wider audience and she had a couple of interesting statements i think we should just discuss this is her direct quote as much as we would all very much own the fact that we love to play these narrative games these things are very intentionally authored structured like familiar stories from film tv or theater and they're by definition finite it's becoming harder and harder to make games anymore partly because the business model cost of development but i think it's a shame so jumping off that she was basically saying like potentially because the rise of streaming we're kind of at this like inflection point where uh with like the rise of 5g and everything uh gaming is going to be more accessible and they're trying like more people are are going to be playing games who don't necessarily call themselves gamers so like the people right now who have netflix on and are playing a game on their ipad so she thinks you're going to be seeing a lot more games catered to them like that audience that doesn't necessarily consider some themselves gamers they probably don't feel familiar with a controller with like 15 buttons in their hand and stuff like that. So she thinks there's going to be, have to be an innovation on the developer side to account for that, like streamlined uh, input, things like that, just to make like simpler experiences for this wider pool of people who are going to be gaming. Uh, so kind of just talk about like where that's going to be like headed. Cause we've talked about, yes, yeah, streaming is the future, but we haven't really talked about how, streaming will affect game development you try to think about it it's like kind of what i was thinking so like back in the 360 or in the ps3 generation like early on we had that like we had indies that were just starting to like happen we had our triple a's but there was actually that mid-tier of game mm-hmm. so games that were not like super heavily like, didn't have like super high budgets right. they're kind of like shorter experiences they cost like 30 to 40 dollars right um so i think we might be going to a future where that mid-tier level of gaming comes back and we kind of have seen that with like far cry new dawn is like a 40 dollars game sending a sacrifice is only 30 dollars these these games that are considered like not triple a but more than an indie you know right so i think with this whole streaming thing developers start catering to that that could possibly like happen like we could see that mid-tier come back and you know, by no means that we're going to lose our God of Wars or our Red Dead 2s. Well, or yeah. Whatever. Like, like, I think there's always going to be a place for that because, you know, we want to sit down and experience a game yeah. with a controller. There's always going to be those, like, hardcore gamers. Yeah. But I think it'd be interesting to see, like, where developers go to try and cater to these gamers. Gamers, like quotation. the casual gamers. Yeah. I just hope that they don't shift, like, a ton of their focus to that. Because at the end of the day, you're still banking on the interest of the casual gamer and their ability to, like, be committed to doing that. Yeah. And I think that's, like, and that's something you really can't account for because you're trusting people to have the attention span and the commitment to continue to play your game. And it's just, like, it's one of those things. But that's what I'm saying. It took, like, what, seven years to make God of War? And God of War is a phenomenal game. Yeah. I will give them that. Uh, But you shorten that development time. You don't have as many resources devoted to that. Right. You can create a solid seven to ten hour experience. Release that to a wider pool of audience. You don't need as many people buying that. Yeah. You could sell it for cheaper. And then instead of getting a God of War every seven years, developers could focus on that smaller thing. So, yes, every seven years we get a major God of War title. Right. But in between there, there's two to three developers that are giving us – eight to 10 hour campaigns yeah. in between. So we will have more games to play right. and hopefully they, they keep that level of quality, but they're just shorter experiences. Yeah. I mean, I think it could just be like you said, just like a simple solution of just getting a different development team to work on those games. Exactly. Like it could be that simple and that's fine. I just don't want to lose like my major titles. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I also don't think it's going to happen either, but I think it's a lot of, I think it's good because we all want people to get into gaming and like, that's a good, like, a good tier, I guess we're going to talk about like your mid tier game. That's like a good tier to get people like accustomed to like getting into becoming serious gamers with the intuitiveness of like how, like you're right. Like now we're getting to like a time in technology where like we're playing video games that require like all like 15, 16 buttons that are on the controller now. Yeah. Um, 
and that can and are be, huge time investments as yeah, well. Yeah, and that can money. be that in itself, even like fundamentally, can be overwhelming for somebody who's never played yeah games before. Like if I just say handed my Xbox controller to someone who's never played and be like, all these buttons do this, this, and this. Like even like, like even like a simple game, quote unquote, like Smash. Like every button like does something. Yeah. It's like you hand that controller to somebody, they're like, holy shit, there's so much stuff happening. So, like, doing something like that where it is, like, a 7 to 10 hour play session like Hellblade, like, what, there's, like, maybe, like, six buttons, essentially. Like, move, attack, strafe, dodge, like, block. Yeah. Like, that's basically it. Exactly. So, like, yeah, there's definitely way they, ways they can do that. I think the easiest is just having yeah. another team. Or, like, set up developers do that. Yeah, I think that'd be... I'd be fine with that. We still get our major titles, yeah. but then in between. So it, as long as the quality of all these games will take a hit. Yeah. And that's fine. I don't care. But if the, if the quality of our top tier games take a hit, I would be like, fuck the people who are casual gamers do this for the hardcore gamers. And if they want to become a hardcore gamer, they'll invest that time themselves. Yeah. And obviously this is still like so much down the line. Like this is 2030. We're talking about. Right. So. Yeah. 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 We're not talking like this is happening the next like, five years like almost a decade yeah. down the line because so. she even said like we're uncertain about the future of like game consoles them, themselves like, right is there going to be another generation after the next generation like after the ps5 and the xbox 2 right. god i hope they don't call it that is there going to be a generation <laughs> after that are we going to get a ps6 or is it just going to be streamed to you at that right point? like if, if you already have like the streaming capabilities is there even yeah. a point to like make a console like can you just like update like yeah. the software or whatever so Rick, what do you think? That's a pretty sizable subject. Um, I guess there are a lot of... I think the casual gamers do have a niche right now. You see a lot of those people playing with Stardew Valley. Or hell, even going as far as as simple as Angry Birds. On where phone yeah, just like phone Yeah, I think that's a good thing to talk about as well. Like, How do we define the casual gamer? Like, what At what point do we cut it off and say you are now a serious gamer? Outside of like How time much, commitment, I think time, like, is commitment, time commitment is probably the, the best thing, best thing to do. Or like, yeah, or if maybe someone like, plays, or like, what about like what like level of game does that change it? Like, because like Angry Birds on your phone is obviously different from playing God of War. I think the time commitment is the real measure here. Because yeah. do you call someone with a sweet tooth based on what kind of sugar they're? ingesting or how much sugar they're ingesting so but you can sit there on your couch and play animal crossing for about seven hours while binge watching the office on netflix do would you consider that person a hardcore gamer no they just played for seven hours straight yeah that's, that's basically true. the time it takes to do the campaign of uh, hellblade so maybe it's a mix of like the intensity of the game kind of going into philosophy at this point yeah, but like but... would i consider myself a fan of office if i'm just marathoning through it while i'm pa- playing a game like is that per like would you you might not consider that person a gamer would you consider that person a fan of the office or both i don't know like, interesting i feel like the office is a weird example because i feel like a lot of people have seen it so much you could just binge watch it again and yeah the and there's there's those but, people who like throw on a b movie on netflix and do their laundry they're not fully invested in it would, right would they be a fan of b movies at that point a b movie was great I did like a B-movie. Jerry Seinfeld was in a B-movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've always had the split attention. Like, I've always liked having my handhelds and, you know, like my Vita. Just being yeah. able to kind of have something on the background and still play. Um, so I'm just going through Final Fantasy VII again or be on my 3DS and be playing, you know, Majora's Mask. Um, yeah, there, there's options. And I guess, like, I am playing those games for extended amounts of time mm-hmm. but would you call me like a, a hardcore gamer i'm putting just as much time in as you know you did with you know hellblade but you know yeah. i just went through pokemon green yeah maybe we do have to get that uh type of game in there somehow but i don't think that's as important as the amount of time you did you actually devote to gaming and let's go with the actually a wonderful example of 2016's pokemon go would you yeah. consider them gamers? I wouldn't. They're still casual gamers. I mean, they're not hardcore, but they're gamers, right? I guess technically because they're playing a game. I wouldn't call them hardcore gamers. I, I don't even think I'd call them mid-tier gamers. So is the conversation who's a hardcore gamer or the conversation who's a gamer? Because she's talking about gamers. Right. And well, well, so my is Microsoft. Question, well, my question was more of just like the mid-tier games, getting someone to go from being just a gamer 
to being like an invested gamer and then being like a hardcore gamer like what are like like the middle tier I'm, like, struggling to, like, there. yeah i'm more concerned like defining like the middle tier and i know that's a whole different philosophical discussion but it's like where because like it's your i think the most the most difficult step would be getting someone from being a casual gamer or like your lowest tier gamer to becoming a mid-tier gamer Rather than getting some from a mid-tier gamer to being a hardcore gamer, they're like almost there. I think the hardest step is getting them from a step yeah. one to step two. Well, yeah, you see a lot of companies trying to actually that you know cater to the more hardcore gamers, trying to basically go out and grab some of the more casual gamers. Like what? Ah, um, uh, man, what's that company? Blizzard. Right. <laughs> they. I everybody called it a big mistake, but it was just them trying to you know reach out and be like, yeah, like now now like you know any Joe Schmo with a phone who played Diablo back when he was a kid. Can now like play you know Diablo on his phone as an adult. Diablo Eternal or yeah, what was it called? Immortal. Immortal. There's too many. I don't know. Doom Eternal. Yeah, you're right. Diablo Immortal. Okay, yeah. you're the subtitle guy. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so you see, see companies do that, and yeah, it was a bad call on their part because their audience or their main audience is hardcore gamers. Yeah. yeah. Unless you see when Blizzard did World of Warcraft, which you call the people who spent. You know, forty-eight hours straight playing World of Warcraft. Would they be casual gamers? No, no, they're hardcore. Gamers. They were peeing in Powerade bottles, so they just couldn't stop. So they didn't have to stop their raid. Right. I've known people. But World who do of that. Warcraft, that, that I've known people my... who do that without spending forty-eight yeah. hours. Well, that's like that's my question of just like the intensity now of World of Warcraft. Like, does that now like affect it? But because there's much more happening, right? I didn't ever play World of Warcraft. There's there's a lot of stuff happening in World of yeah, Warcraft. Yeah. I assume so. Your attention is like completely devoted to it. Yeah. Um, but I think, but I think it's good that they're even taking that step. So these casual gamers who are playing like Angry Birds and stuff on their phone, those games don't have a story per se. Right? Maybe they have like the very bare bones. Yeah, like oh, your these, bird needs to go to this island. Yeah, or something. something like that. What she's trying to say is Canary we make island. these, you know, mid tier games with story, story. with that. Okay. So instead of them splitting their time between Netflix Let's and this bare bones game they play the game they combine it yeah and now they're focused and getting their story mm-hmm. and like that experience right. but they're also gaming so yeah. i think that's what she kind of yeah, so yeah i don't see that 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 number as being unrealistic yeah uh, especially with you know even bandersnatch yeah yeah it's, it's, it's huge i think there'll be a lot more casual gamers coming up especially since they have an entire gaming system in their pocket now yeah and i also think because you're talking about in 2030 you're talking about a future generation and i think a lot of and this is a different like facet altogether i think like twitch and social media and all those things are a huge player in getting them to become gamers because like that and streaming of actual games in the future that whole yeah, exactly barrier of entry of spending 400 dollars on right. a console and the accessibility and everything yeah, yeah. Exactly. so you're sitting there and it's just like you have access to it and then you're like if you're a kid you're like i can stream my game it's like they come by like playing it and streaming on twitch like i can do the same shit like ninja's doing who's just like the main person we can discuss yeah like think about like i think that is a huge player in getting the future generation to want to game yeah the way like smart tvs and everything will work I, i don't see it unrealistic being like Somebody's watching something, they see a commercial for a game, and right. like right there is like click to click buy. Click to buy, right. So right there they click it, they can buy stream it on it, their yeah. TV, stream yeah. it right then. They're like literally minutes away from playing that game. So yeah. that, that'll definitely And I think be. a lot of the attention in the media has shifted to gaming with with Ninja and all of these people. Because yeah, like, Fortnite is now mainstream. Fortnite's so. mainstream, Ninja's mainstream. He's like the celebrity like he was in the Super Bowl commercial. Like that NFL one hundred commercial. He's in it. Like that's insane. Like if you would have told us no. growing up that one, I don't really, like like a gamer was going to be on a, a major Super Bowl commercial like that. You'd be like, who cares? Like that's well, that, that whole stigma of like you're a gamer is kind of out the window. Yeah. At this point, now so. like now it's gaming has come to the forefront. It has become the mainstream. So yeah. it's just like that also helps. So as much as I think that number is bold, there are avenues that they can take to like get half the world's population to play. Yeah, I don't think it's unrealistic at all, and. You know, I'm I'm fine with getting these smaller experiences to hold us over until the next big one. You know, right? I think that's where rather Microsoft than having is like headed. those like lulls and those gaps. And those... I think that's where Microsoft is headed by like buying Ninja Theory, getting them to work on like these smaller titles while right. your three four threes are working on the next Halo and right. you know, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, interesting discussion there. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, so normally we would do our uh, gaming fun fact here, but I don't think that's been... Like, we're constantly evolving. We're sharks. We're going forward, never looking back. I hate this analogy. (laughs) It's here to stay. No, it's not. But, you know, the gaming fun fact wasn't really working, so we're going to go to a new segment here, which I call Community Questions. And basically what I did was I posted on Reddit to try and get some questions for real gamers. So I posted on our gaming, and... I got some questions, so I think we should read off a question and we get just quickly discussed. So actually, kind of relevant here, uh, Buzz Spinner from Reddit asks, what is a real gamer? But we kind of just touched on that. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome, Buzz. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So TE1381 asks, are console exclusives hurting the gaming industry? That's an interesting subject. Console exclusives are the main reason to get people to buy your hardware. Right. But now with streaming in the future, that's not going to be an issue anymore. So you'll be able to play these games on pretty much any platform. Yeah. So do you think console exclusives right now are hurting the gaming industry? Like, is the fact that God of War isn't available to like 60 million, let's say, people who own Xbox and then like another 30 million people who own Switch. Yes, those people could also own a PS4, but also like 100 plus million that only play on PC. Uh, so having like that 200 million gamers not being able to play this game that is so phenomenal, is that hurting the gaming industry? I don't think it hurts the gaming industry. I think it hurts the people who make out of war. Yeah, definitely. But it doesn't um, hurt the industry as a whole because those people will just find another game to play. I think it could possibly hurt the gaming industry because, you know, Santa Monica took seven years to make out of war. Yes, it was. it's a great experience, but the amount of time and money that yeah. went into that. Yeah their sales projections has to be astronomical for that game to make money. Right. And I'm sure it has. Like, I'm sure it's right. sold enough. It has a good attach rate on the PS4 for it to make money. But if we can get more people to buy that, that's more money going to the developers, going to the publishers. Maybe we can actually staff up Santa Monica, have more income to them to make yeah. this game quicker. No, yeah, no, that, that helps Santa Monica. I don't know if that necessarily damages the industry as a whole. I'm looking at it like holistically. Is it stunting the growth of the gaming industry is what I'm saying? No. No. Really? Honestly, if not, it's, uh, I would, at least in my opinion, it's expanding it uh, even more. Uh, my situation right now, I have a PlayStation 4. I have access to Spider-Man. I have an access, access to God of War. Uh, what I don't have access to, I, I know we'd like to single Sony out, but there's another gaming platform, which is all about exclusives, and that's Nintendo. Nothing I want more right now than to buy a Switch and get Breath of the Wild. That'd be amazing, and guess what I'm probably going to do? Buy a Switch and then get Breath of the Wild. That also opens me up to buy a lot more Nintendo games just to have more games for my Switch. Am I going to get rid of my PS4 or not stop buying PS4 games? No. I don't know. Whatever. Agree to disagree. Like, Okay, and then our our final topic, uh, Nintendo's Direct, which happened earlier this week. Um, 31 games in 35 minutes. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's crazy. I mean, this is their style. They've done these, like, usually there's a direct in January, kind of giving us the layout for the year. I'm not sure why it was delayed this year. But every, like, they had a bunch of trailers, and they're like, no, a message from this guy. And he's like, how's it looking? And then, like, you'd be like, here's the next trailer. And then it would go, and then, like, a message from this guy again. How did that look? Yeah. And he kept doing that. I'm like, you don't need this cheesiness. Come yeah. on. <laughs> They, we're not going to rattle off all 31 games. We're just going to go through some of the big ones right now. The biggest one, obviously, is uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening is happening this year. Um, for me, personally, like of all like the old school games that we all played growing up, The Legend of Zelda was the one I never really got into. I don't know why. I think I was just like, playing other stuff. So for me, personally, I'm like, really excited to play like a remake of this game. Um so th- for those of you who don't know, um, Link's Awakening was the GB Game Boy Color game. Yeah, yeah it wasn't Game Boy Advance. No, it was uh, Game Boy Color. Yeah, and that was really critically well received, um, and always something people talk about when they're like, "What's like the best GBA game or GB game?" It's, there's no third letter in that. It's Game Boy. I well, guess. You could be like Game Boy Color. Yeah. It was like so GBC. No one says GBC. I mean, yeah. just, I mean, you want that third letter in there? But yeah, it's it was like. It was a massive game for the Game Boy Color at the time, so uh, I kind of find it odd that they chose to remake this versus 
you know, Majora's Mask or uh, Ocarina of Time stuff. I know they've recently remade it, but how easier would it have been to be like Zelda, Ocarina plus Majora's Mask collection, just do the same Wii U, port it to the Switch. I feel like that would have sold better than what this will sell. Did Majora's Mask get remade recently as well? Or yeah, for the Ocarina? 3DS. Oh, yeah, so maybe maybe because they've remade those so recently, it's just like, oh, well, this is a game we haven't touched in a long time. Let's bring it back. I don't know. And also just looking at the uh, graphics upgrade that they did to it and the fact that, you know, the standard, you know, between Legend of Zelda, the original, as well as uh, Super Nintendo, Link to the Past, and uh, Link's Awakening, they all had that top-down style and each, you know, little, like, board, you know, you know go left and right and up and down, it change, or mm-hmm. you know, kind of go to a different graphic. Um, so that's interesting how they make that seamless now. You can just kind of yeah. run around and not have to worry about going from one to the other. I think that's really interesting, um, and it's definitely a fun new take on it. I think it's going to sell really well, mainly because of the nostalgia factor. Also, it's another Zelda game that's going to be a little more simple and a lot less complex than uh, Breath of the Wild or any of the Zelda has been or Zelda games have been for quite a while. That, that's the thing. So it did seem odd to me when they first released that because I'm like, really, Link's Awakening? I would much rather have like Wind Waker or something like that, or even Link to the Past. Yeah, but I think with Breath of the Wild being so recent in people's memory, I think any open world Zelda, like, you know, the 3D open world Zeldas that they would have remade would have just been compared to that. And since that was so, like, you know, highly critically acclaimed, they'd kind of be competing with that image. Like, yeah, this is good, but it's not as good as what Breath of the Wild was. But then if you drop it down to, like, the top-down Zelda, that's kind of like the whole... It's kind of like the, the 3D Mario's versus the platformer Mario's. Like, they have those two separate things. So maybe they're trying to do that two separate thing with Zelda as well. Like, have both the 3D open world versus the top-down coexisting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the classic style. And yeah. honestly, this opens up doors for them to remake, you know, you know, the original Legend of Zelda. Just make it all polished up and fun. Um, yeah. Zelda too. More power to them. That, that, that'd be a cash cow. Same with Link to the Past. Because Link to the Past was fucking classic. Yeah. Now, um... So I saw the the video on Twitter and stuff like that, and a lot of people like on the Twitterverse. It was kind of like a a mixed like response. They all loved the fact that the game is coming out, but it was more of a mixed response, like the art style, I guess, like this like three D like funky like looking art style. And people were just like, I don't know if I'm too like hyped up about the art style or anything like that. What did you guys think? I thought it looked great personally, but it's just like, well, yeah, compared to the compared original, to the original, yeah, but I definitely. think they were just like, this looks too weird. Or something but I mean, like Zelda has always been a franchise where game to game the art styles have been vastly different like you know cartoony wind waker to like the the semi-realistic ocarina of time to like uh breath of the wild has that like paintbrush mm-hmm. style or whatever i'm not surprised that they switched art styles but yeah do you guys like like how it looks and everything I think, obviously you're comparing it to an original but like i think it fits really well in with the original I think it just kind of enhances everything that's already there. And they, they, it didn't seem like they did you know, Resident Evil 2, where they you know, added a lot of different stuff. It looks like the exact same game, just you know, better graphics. Prettier. Yeah, polished. just prettier and polished. And it is a little cartoony, but that game itself was pretty cartoony. There's theories that it was just a dream that Link had uh, when he was yeah. washed up at sea. So it's, it's a very strange game to begin with. There's Goombas in that game because they didn't. They're like, let's reuse these art assets that we have. Why not? Like Chomp Chomp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like that was surprising. Like when I saw like they, there was a comparison video of like what it looked like back then and how it looks now, and I saw the Chain Chomp. I'm like, I know that's a Mario thing. <laughs> like, why is that here? <laughs> like, I think you get like a Yoshi doll for a little girl at one point. Okay. I mean, I I obviously had no idea. Like, What's happening? Like, it's a crossover game. They're bringing Mario and Zelda together. So, all right. Next one. Um, Pat, you'll be excited for this. I know you probably won't buy it because you already have it, but Hellblade is coming to the Switch. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to buy it a third time. <laughs> but you've already bought it twice, but I'm going to go a third time again. Well, <laughs> I just don't know how great it'll be for the Switch. But I am glad that they're not only bringing it to the Switch, they're actually highlighting it because Hellblade is a more mature game. Right. Like, clearly. And Nintendo's... Not really known for Kind that, of... Like... Sh- shied away from that in the yeah. past like 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 hellblade is a dark game it's, yeah it's twisted it's disturbing it's excellent yeah so but it, it's good weird to, see, to see it on a nintendo yeah it's good to see nintendo like embracing like gaming mature. for all ages you yeah. know because they've they've very much been like the family friendly 
yeah anyone can play and those of you who only have a nintendo switch and have never experienced hellblade absolutely play it fucking great game this is one of the only times i'll agree with pat it's actually really fucking good like yeah i'm really excited to really dig into it Uh, hopefully i'll have it done by the end of the weekend yeah you should it's only i think it took me like six to eight hours it took me like all like eight to nine but Zach can't read, so he was kept getting. Lost. There was no reading in that game, but I kept listening to like the rune stones. Like, I really into that yeah, storytelling. Yeah, so was, it was just like, was oh, that was a cool story. I want to listen to that again. And yeah, so um, all right, what's next? Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses will be released in July. Uh, this is interesting because it's been a decade since the Fire Emblem series was on a console. It is like yeah, before it's been on like Game Three Boy, DS, Three like DS. So this will be the first time in like ten years it'll be on a console. Yeah, last one I believe was Path of Radiance. No, that was GameCube. I think I had one for the Wii, maybe. Yeah, actually, because I remember like there's a really rare cartridge, and GameStop was offering like over sixty dollars trading credit for that or something. And I'm like, why is that happening? And they're like, oh, it's only so many out there. But yeah, it looked interesting from what they showed. Uh, I think the whole narration of the gameplay is a little awkward to release it that way. I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but basically they show gameplay, and they're like, this narrator is going through like you're the whatever uh, like the person in charge of this house and like there's three different houses, houses that you can yeah. choose from and you're the teacher yeah these like roles yeah. you play in the house or whatever and like it kind of went through like basically an overview of the thing and it just seemed like they took too much time on it mm-hmm. and by the end i'm like okay let's go, go on to the next reveal like right you know but yeah the game overall looks interesting that's fun um yoshi's crafted world is getting a demo yeah, coming out in March, which they had released before, mm-hmm. but I guess not a lot of people knew about that. I guess so, yeah. Because everybody on Twitter is like, "Oh, Yoshi's World's coming out in March." Like, I saw it too. I was just like, "I, I was like, I knew about knew this. That. I, was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I swear, I've heard this before." Yeah, and I think it was their E three last year, like March twenty nineteen. Yeah, whatever, probably so. just got lost the sands of time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like, it looks interesting. It got a demo of like the first level or whatever. Uh, I've never been a super fan of like Yoshi, but I know that a lot of people are. So good to see Nintendo's got something coming very recent. So. Uh, super Mario Maker will be getting a sequel in June rather than a port. Yeah, everybody was talking about how they should port this from the Wii U to the Switch because it was such like a you know creation tool game. Like you could have all these people making levels, you'd have a shit ton of content for it. Uh, the way I think. I think the reason we're getting a sequel instead of a port is because the way it was structured on the Wii U, you had to use the gamepad mm-hmm. to make the thing, and then you were playing on the actual console, like on the TV. Right. With the Switch, it's one or the other. Yeah. Like you can either have it in the dock or you could or have, have it, it in portable mode. Right. So I don't think they they probably were trying to do it early on, and they're like, "This isn't working. We'd have to do some major cuts and like rework the game to get it." To, work. to port yeah. so why not just use that development time to make a make sequel yeah and from what i've seen it looks like you they show yoshi in that trailer at the end or not yoshi they show luigi at the end like also wearing a hat like you know building stuff so it looks like it might be co-op they added in the art style from 3d world so there's actually a lot of added features. They added in slopes. So I just want to pay for Mario. Like a head-to-head would be sweet, where you're like oh, on somebody else's yeah. level as you go. Yeah, that would be yeah. sweet too. So I'm sure it's Nintendo. They'll have a great time with it. We'll have a great time playing it. With this whole Nintendo Online just not working where the way we want it to, hopefully they can fix that and it'll be easier to find these levels that people are creating and right. like a system to like thumbs up stuff or like rate them so we know like what the best levels are. Yeah, but. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it might just be our personal thing, really hyping up Paper Mario. But I just want Paper Mario news, and yeah, I would love Paper Mario. But I think, but like, there's there's no reason for us to think that Paper Mario would like be coming out anytime soon. But we just keep hyping it up for ourselves. Like, I'm sure they're working on it. They cannot be. But like, Nintendo, you, Nintendo. But like you say that. Stop saying Nintendo, Nintendo. Nintendo. They're not listening, bro. Nintendo, come on. What are you doing, Nintendo? <laughs> Let's just get Paper Mario. We know everybody wants it. Let's let's put this fake facade aside. Isn't that just redundant? A fake facade? <laughs> Wouldn't <laughs> that be real? <laughs> like, it's like a double negative. <laughs> just make Paper Mario. <laughs> All right. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 will release this summer. Yeah, so we finally got a date. We knew it was coming 2019. We weren't sure where. Uh, now it's coming summer. So, we know, I'm thinking probably September will make sense to me. 
you know, that could be their like game going into like the fall or whatever. So, but yeah, it looks interesting and I'm excited. I, I was a fan of ultimate alliance one and two. So I know you guys or Zach wasn't specifically, but no, I don't really care. I I loved them. Yeah. No. Super Um, fun co-op couch co-op. It'd be really nice. Neat. They just kind of surprise dropped it right around April. Like, oh, springtime. Yeah. (laughs) Springtime. Maybe there's a big movie coming out. Platinum Games Astral Chain comes to the Switch this summer. Yeah, so this this actually looked interesting. Um, Platinum Games, obviously known for their, like, Bayonetta. Like, people were asking, like, where's Bayonetta 3? Where's Bayonetta 3? That was announced so long ago as a Switch exclusive. Uh, They kind of didn't show Bayonetta 3. They showed this new game that's coming out sooner. So kind of begs the question, like, is Bayonetta 3 in trouble or like is it what's going on with that development that it's taking so long but this game looked interesting it's like a co-op you have, you're always connected to the person you're playing with or I guess they never confirmed it was co-op but you saw two characters on screen right. all the time so it kind of gave that impression yeah. it'd be really weird if they're like nope not co-op I'd be like, <laughs> what? I just have a companion now I guess yeah. so like- but it looked interesting I've never really been a super fan of like these platinum style games that are like crazy action games or whatever but you know i i could check it out it looked interesting by you yeah i think it should be a lot a lot of fun never really gotten much into bayonetta but uh it, it looks great outside of legend of zelda my favorite news tetris battle royale i have no idea how the fuck it works but it looks so fucking sweet <laughs> so uh they cut they announced this tetris 99 uh 99 players so you're all playing together yeah and the way it works is like you can see other people playing like not necessarily their screen but like their score and then you can like get this piece of whatever to go into their like world or whatever to fuck them up Mm. so the last person standing out of that you're kind of playing your own game but it's like a score and are you like sending pieces to yeah so you could kind of send pieces to other people and stuff so that's like the stealth launched like they're available now it's free with if you're part of the nintendo online Mm. which that's why i haven't tried it i don't think I want to do Nintendo online, so I don't think it's worth it. It looks to, so cool. Like, it's yeah. Tetris, and Tetris is sweet. Like, I got a big reaction. People are like, oh, yeah, Apex Killer. Like, I don't know. It looks interesting, but just release it on other platforms. <laughs> I think it was fun. I thought it was really fun, so. I, just like, because we always made these jokes about, like, like Madden, NFL, Battle Royale. <laughs> like, you just, like, make these jokes. Like, oh, like, every game is going to have a Battle Royale now. You see Tetris has a Battle Royale. It's like... Every game should have one now. There's no excuses. If you can make a Tetris Battle Royale, there should be a Battle Royale in every single game. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> clearly, I mean, I'm the only one immensely excited for this. I thought this was fucking awesome. Clearly. Rick, are you good with it? I'm excited to try it. I, I love Tetris. I love puzzle games. I think it's going to be great. I don't know. It could be a lot of fun. It's out right now. Like, that is right? true. Yeah, so... Yeah. As long as you have Nintendo Online, you can download it and play it. Which I totally don't have, but yeah. You don't even have a Switch. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's like more games, obviously, but those are like all the major ones. And a Box Boy is coming back. That actually looked interesting. So so it was Box Boy plus Box Girl that yeah. they announced or whatever. So it's like yeah. Box Boy with co-op. And they said there was over like 200 levels. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I was a really big fan of uh, Snipper Clips. That- so that looked really interesting. Like you're actually manipulating like your shape and stuff and... You have to get across and like there's platforming and stuff. It looks super interesting. It could be fun playing, you know, even like you're playing outside and like someone comes over, what are you doing? You just pop off a, a Joy-Con, hand it to them. You can play co-op or whatever. So that's something I'm, that's probably, I'm more excited for that than I am for uh, Tetris Battle Royale. Oh dear. And what, Assassin's Creed 3 remaster for the yeah. Switch uh, that comes with uh, Liberation? Yeah. So that's, if you bought the season pass for Odyssey, this was something that's included in there so they kind of just broke that off separate and then now they're putting it on switch uh dragon quest builders 2 and then dragon quest um i think it was 11 s uh, echoes of an elusive age are both coming to the switch yeah so dry i've never been a fan of dragon quest but dragon quest 11 s echoes of an elusive age i can't believe that's the title that they went with but that uh because you're the foremost authority on subtitles now clearly (laughs) um but that actually looked pretty interesting to me uh they kind of showed like the original and like you can play as the original with all the original music and everything or you could play with like the remade graphics with everything and 
the difference between the two is like ridiculous. Uh, you know, if you want a major RPG, like JRPG on your Switch, and there's countless of them out there on Switch, but this one looks like a good one to try. But yeah, so that was like the major news for, for Switch. I'm excited to see what they held off on that yeah, they're going to announce. Like they always do. Like it's yeah. always something they keep close to the chest. So Paper Mario. <laughs> Hopefully E3. Hopefully <laughs> E3. Not only Paper Mario, but Metroid Prime Trilogy. Come on, Nintendo. I, I've already talked to you about this. <laughs> yeah, you know, you I had, thought you would have listened. You had your big time meeting and everything. So it's like. But anyway, time for our favorite segment. Subpar subtitles. Nobody agreed that that was our favorite segment. It is. It's probably one of mine. Bitch. That's because I'm winning. <laughs> what happens if I catch up? Mustard. If you catch up, you'll mustard. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. No, I'm sure he'll just relish in his victory. <laughs> Let us begin now. <laughs> you onions. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was poor. That was poor. Yeah, I even was willing to continue to keep it going. It was cheesy. All right. Oh, I got it. Bull chutney. <laughs> It doesn't uh, get any cheddar than this. <laughs> anyway. Not cheddar, you're some common bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, if you don't know what Subpar Subtitles is, it's uh, a game we play every week. As you know, uh, game titles usually have the title, then a colon, and then a subtitle. S-U-B dash T-I-T-L-E. Hyphen. Hyphen dash. It's a hyphen. Whatever. Either way. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to list four subtitles. One of these I have made up. Okay. It is your job to guess which one I've made up. And we've actually been keeping a running tally. And at the end, somebody, whoever wins will get something or the loser has to do something. Uh, we haven't decided that yet. So uh, the scoreboard, I believe, is uh, Rick 6, Zach 2. I have three. Zach 3. Three. Don't okay. down me like that. Matt Zero. <laughs> really, it's just me and Rick right now, isn't it? <laughs> At this point, everyone else is a lost cause. <laughs> anyway, so round one. Blood, Bath, and Beyond. Flames of Judgment. Step and Roll. Spleen of the Crime. I'm going to go with C. I'm Step gonna, and Roll. I'm going to go with B. Flames of Judgment? Yep. All right. Round two. I really hope Blood, Bath, and Beyond is real. <laughs> I really, I'm, 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 I'm begging on that being real. <laughs> Round two. Terror Town. Concentration Training. Tipping Point. Revengeance. I'm going to go with Concentration Training. I'm going to go with Tipping Point. All right. Round three. Prehistoric Party. Gates to Infinity. Never Say Never. The chase begins. Go B again. I'm also going to go B. Gates to infinity. Gates to infinity. All right. Round four. Quest for cool stuff. Daybreak. It's about time. The Millennium Girl. They're all terrible. I'm going to go daybreak. I need to catch up to him. But Daybreak is the one I've been thinking about picking, so I need to pick something different to catch up to you. Or you can just pick the same one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's fine. Both going Daybreak? Daybreak yeah. All right. The rest of them are just so bad that they could not... I don't know. Round five. Ultra Mega Super Edition. Hell and Damnation. Extinction Agenda. Two Souls. I'm going to go with Extinction Agenda. I'm going to go with uh, B, Hell and, Hell and Damnation. Hell and Damnation. All right. <laughs> so now the answers. Round one. Matt Hazard, Bloodbath and Beyond. Real game. <laughs> Vandal Hearts, Flames of Judgment. Real game. Super Monkey Ball, Step and Roll. Real game. Damn it. <laughs> Spleen of the Crime. Not a real it was, game. It was like so bad. Like, <laughs> it was like so bad it had <laughs> I'm a fan of puns. <laughs> that was really good, though. Yeah. <laughs> Round two. Haunt the House, Terror Town, real game. Brain Age, Concentration Training, real game. Damn. Tipping Point, not a real game. Fuck, bro. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, real game. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Round three. The Crude's 
Prehistoric Party, real game. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Gates to Infinity, uh, we both real book. game. Never Say Never is a Justin Bieber song. <laughs> Not a real game. Lego City Undercover, The Chase Begins, a real game. Round four. I knew I know that song too, but it's just like there's gotta be a game with that in there somewhere. I'm some Japanese Early like James Bond, never seen it. Like Never Say Never Again. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think that's where I got caught up. Anyway, uh round four. Phineas and Ferb, Quest for Cool Stuff, real game. I actually knew that. <laughs> Daybreak, not a real game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Plants vs. Zombies 2, it's about time, real game. Etrian Odyssey Untold, The Millennium Girl, real game. I love Phineas and Ferb. I knew that was a game. That's like the only one I knew. <laughs> Round five. <laughs> Round five. Ultra Mega Super Edition, not a real God game. God damn it, I knew it. <laughs> Painkiller, Hell and Damnation, real game. A-R-E-S, it's like uh, Ares. an acronym. Oh, Ares. Okay. Uh, Extinction Agenda, real game. Beyond Two Souls, Beyond real game. Two Souls, yeah. So like, I saw like the Ultra Mega Super Edition, and I was thinking about like the Super Something Something Contact, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I know he's fucking with us, but I still can't pick it. <laughs> oh, God. My favorite was Spleen of the Crime. <laughs> Spleen of the Crime. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> so, final score. He's at eight now. I'm at four. <laughs> I lost pace. I got two. He got one. <sighs> All right. Uh, so, thanks for listening, uh, everybody. Fuck you, Rick, for gaining or increasing your lead in this goddamn game. Um, remember, you can watch or catch us every Monday on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Uh, you can reach us with any questions, comments, or concerns, or uh, I always forget to take out that part if people shit talk to me, but if you want to shit talk me, go for it, uh, at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. And then don't forget to follow us at TugPod on Twitter, that's T-U-G-P-O-D, and on Instagram at T-U-G underscore P-O-D. Um, and we also ask you guys to subscribe, uh, leave us reviews. Uh, it helps us out. We don't know how, it just does. Uh, Five-star reviews for us. One-star reviews for every other podcast. Yeah, and uh, that's it. Rick, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Pat, thanks. You're welcome. All right. Bleen of the crowd. Bleen of the crowd. <laughs> I'm dead, bro. It's like... Bleen of the crowd.